0: To C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Happy Father's Day, everybody, especially the dads. Hey, dads, thank you so much for for being you, for cracking in, for stepping up, for standing strong, for putting Jesus at the centre of your lives, of your families, for loving your families, for being incredible role models for this church community. What you do is valuable. Who you are is valuable. And so we want to say thank you. Can we give a big hand to all the dads today? Show our appreciation. Also, a big thank you, massive thank you to everyone who engaged with the week of prayer and fasting Who's happy to be eating again? <laughs> oh man, I have a story to tell you. I won't tell it now, but oh, about uh, a steak that I really wanted to eat the first day back from fasting, and um, alas, it didn't happen. And I am traumatised by it. But God will get me through. Uh, it was such an amazing time, wasn't it? The the week of prayer and fasting. It was amazing. It was challenging. It was powerful. God spoke so clearly to me. I know He spoke so clearly to to so many people as we we set aside our time and our attention to Him, to seek Him, to worship Him, to praise Him and to hear from Him. And and I've loved hearing testimonies of healing, testimonies of clarity, testimonies of guidance. And I I believe that we're going to hear more and more come uh, as the weeks go on. There is more. There's more that God wants to speak to us. There's more that God wants to do in our lives as individuals and also as a church community. And someone who's going to come up now and share how this week of prayer and fasting has impacted them, you uh, may have seen them earlier on one of the videos. The star of that video is also a good friend of mine uh, please welcome Duncan Camilleri as he comes. Hello. Am I on? You're not on. Is it on? I'm on. You're on now. He's got such a deep voice. Probably don't know whether it's the mic or his voice. Let's get the big elephant out of, uh, in the room, out of the room. What's on? Did you get an ear replacement or something? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, no, John I um, I don't know if he's here, but was telling a funny story the one day about getting skin checks. <laughs> don't tell, it's, it's a don't good. Tell I won't tell story. the story, but it's a good story, but it's inappropriate. Is John K here? Is he, oh, there ask he is. him he's about the story. Him. Yeah, yeah ask John about the story. But I laughed and I thought, oh, I should get a skin check. And then turns out it is important to get your skin check. Yeah, wow. And I've got nine stitches, and yeah, all good. All awesome, good. awesome. Yeah, but perfect timing before standing here
0: in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. With a big bandage on your face. Yeah.
1: yeah. This is the smaller version as well. It was really bad. Was it like a mask? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, week of prayer and fasting for you. Tell tell us about your experience.
1: Um, So I was genuinely surprised at how hungry I was for seven days. (laughs) We did the Daniel diet, me and Rach, and... I just thought, oh, eating fruit and veg, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be full and you know, just try to hold back a bit. But I was starving. It felt like the more I ate, the hungrier I got. But it just gave me those moments in the day, throughout the day of putting Jesus back at the center. And we always talk about it and I go into my week and just the busyness of life happens. And I come back here on Sunday and then I'm like, oh, I forgot to put Jesus <laughs> at the center another week. And we speak about it. So that week was... It was amazing for that. It just kept in the moments, just random moments. And like Matt was saying about in the distractions, finding those moments to bring Jesus back to the centre yeah, and pray. Great. And So it was, a, it was a big week.
0: And so me. it's impacted you guys so much that you're actually, you're actually going to make some changes going forward in, into your regular daily rhythm. What's, yeah. it, what's it going to look like for you going forward?
1: Yeah, I was saying to Rach, like, it's something that going forward I'd love to do a day a week. Because it does just, it changes the, the day, it takes the distractions away, and it just feels like it's habit forming. So the week was good to do that, but I'd love to just continue doing that, maybe a day a week.
0: To build that habit, to build that yeah. rhythm, yeah. where Jesus can continually come back. We don't need a, uh, a, an annual circuit breaker, we can have daily circuit breakers, we can have weekly circuit breakers. Yeah. And so for, for you as a dad, how did this this time Uh, this week of prayer and fasting, actually inform and impact you as a dad?
1: Uh, So last Saturday, um, Tegan had her birthday party and they had a girls pamper party. So the boys went out and we went to Time Zone and did arcade and I went with my dad and Toby. And it was in the craziness of the arcade and there was just food going around. smell of uh, hot chips. smell of food and I was so hungry at that (laughs) stage, Saturday (laughs) afternoon, and it was so loud in there and so busy, and I just sat back and watched Toby and my dad playing pinball for like 40 minutes straight, which was unreal. And it just it just felt like everything else faded away, and I just got the clarity of just seeing Tobes and my dad, and just the gratefulness that we're here, and God's brought us here together. And... um it just took, yeah, it took all the distractions out and it just really gave me a heart of gratitude. And that going forward into the rest of the week just helped my patience with, with Toby hmm. and the kids. Wow. Um, and just created more moments and more, more special times and less distractions. I wasn't picking up my phone as much and I wasn't getting as irritable. So, yeah, it felt like a really good thing to keep doing going forward.
0: That's amazing. Can we thank Duncan? Thanks, sure. mate. And this week, this Wednesday night, for Wednesday night gather between the 6 to 7 prayer meeting, we're actually going to spend part of that praying for dads. And so, what did I say? 6 till 7, did I say? Come, to, come at 6 if you want. Uh, 7 till 8 as a part of that, we'll be praying for all the dads who come. And so we'd love for you to come and we can lay hands upon you and anoint you afresh in your really important role as a father in your family. Now, we continue hearing the Voice of God series. Are people enjoying this series? Uh, I'm really excited, actually, about the next couple of weeks. I'm kind of excited about now, but uh, being here with you, it's pretty cool. But next couple of weeks are going to be amazing. We've got Pastor Genevieve preaching next week. We have uh, water baptisms next week, as well as DNA. And it's not too late to, to register for both of those. And then the following week, we have uh, the C3 The Book It location pastor, Pastor Rachel Satoris. She's going to come and she's going to be preaching uh, a message in this series as well, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And then, and that week actually as well, Pastor Jason Emma back. It's two Sundays to go. See, so God is speaking. He's speaking now. He's speaking to us, for us. He's speaking to unlock that dream, to remind us of our value to Him, to give us clarity for next steps, to pour out His love, to bring healing and restoration. He's speaking to convict us of our sin and bring freedom and forgiveness. He's speaking to awaken that gift Within us, he's speaking to us for us. He's also speaking to us for others. Our voice matters, your voice matters. He's giving us prophetic words and visions. He's giving us dreams, discerning words. He's giving us words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, not just for ourselves, but to pass on to someone else that you and I would be and can be used by God to communicate His truth in love, His compassion, His comfort, and His strengthening to build others up. God is speaking to us for others and on the flip side God is speaking to us through others. And this is both amazing and really challenging. It's amazing, it's incredible that you and I we get to play a part in God's journey for someone else in speaking God's words to someone else. It's challenging because we don't always get it right. We don't necessarily hear right or we don't communicate in full alignment with God. Mark Batterson writes that this particular way that God speaks to us is the most misused and abused of all the ways simply because you and I are imperfect human beings. That is why it is vital that that you and I as deliverers and as receivers of prophetic words and other words that we believe are from God, that we do what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians five twenty to 21. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. It is the responsibility of all of us to not just flippantly throw away a prophetic word that's been given to us, or to blindly believe that prophetic word, it's our responsibility to weigh it, to weigh it against Scripture, to weigh it in prayer, and to weigh it with wise counsel. It's also important to consider the person bringing us that word and the relationship we have with them and then act accordingly. And remember, we must remember That when it comes to a word of prophecy, the purpose of prophecy, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14.3, is to strengthen, is to comfort, is to encourage, is to build others up. And as parents, one of the main roles that we have is to build our kids up and we carry this heart, don't we? we? We carry this heart and this desire for our kids to, to know God, to seek God, to hear from God, to, to live for God. And that desire is, is to lead us to a place, not of nagging our kids, but it's to lead us to a place of prayer where we are seeking God and, 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 and getting God's heart for our kids and where we can be used by God to speak his truth, his love, his life to our kids. And in a couple of the Apostle Paul's letters to the churches, he addresses dads specifically because he knows that a dad's voice is uniquely needed to be heard in the discipleship journey of their kids. I want to hear more amens to that. There is immense power and purpose in the harmony the voices of both mothers and fathers bring to a child. Both are important. Neither can be replaced with more of the other voice and both can be redeemed. And where one of these voices is lacking in our worlds, in our kids' worlds, this is an incredible church community that can rise and help fill the void of that voice. Let's read those scriptures that I was talking about. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3.1. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children so that they won't become discouraged. And as dads, we are called to bring up our kids. To encourage them, to build them up, to make them bigger, to enlarge their worth, their vision, their confidence, their joy, their desire for God, and their ability to make great wise decisions. This applies to. To every relationship, really, doesn't it? Every person in every relationship, whether it's a a marriage relationship or a friendship or a work relationship, we're not called to push others away or push others down. We're called to pull them up, to bring them up, to encourage and make them bigger. Now, in my experience as a dad, I have at times totally missed the mark on that. Are there any other dads that can attest well, oh, there's a lot of dads who didn't put their hand up. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> we can be hasty, moody. We can be severe in our treatment of our kids. We can make unrealistic and unreasonable demands on them. We can attack their confidence with perpetual fault-finding, angry rebukes. Shaming and inconsistent behaviour. And when this happens, as dads, we can, we can see the detrimental impact that it's having or it's had on our kids. We can sometimes have a tendency to think, well, what's the point of, of, of continuing to try? I can't get it right now. I'm never going to be able to get it right. I'm just going to cause more damage. And then this can lead us to want to give up, to want to shut up and to want to retreat. Rather than apologise, try and mend it and move forward. And look, I'm aware that we all have different experiences with our own earthly dads that informs and impact how we live and how we are as dads. For some of us, there have been non-existent, absent or terrible examples of fathers in our worlds. But I, I don't believe that this is a reason for us to give up. It's a reason for us to stand up. It's a reason for us to press in, to stick around, to continue failing forward together, to keep speaking words of life and encouragement. We aren't perfect. Dad, turn to your spouse or your kid and say, I'm not perfect. Wow, sounds like a lot of dads didn't do that either. We're not perfect. We're, it's, we're far from perfect. But there's hope. There's incredible hope. I believe that God wants to, and, and Pastor Claire and I haven't waxed lyrical and, and decided that we're going to, you know, kind of push this hope thing today, but but as she today kind of talked about a fresh infilling of hope. I've written these words. I believe that God wants to fill every dad, every person with fresh hope today. He did so in that moment of worship. He's doing that now. He's doing that as you hear these words and as we open our hearts to God. Hope is coming in today. There is hope for us always. It's perpetual because of who our father God is and because of how he treats us. The lengths that he's gone for us, the kindness and the grace and the patience he shows us, the way he speaks to us, always from a position and a tone of love. He meets with with us as we call out to him for help. He forgives and frees us as we repent. His grace never ends. Our Father God's grace never ends. Our father, God's love never ends. It's abundant. His faithfulness is enduring. And for us as dads, he empowers us to focus on the goal. This incredible responsibility that he has entrusted us with to bring our kids up in his ways, to encourage them, to build them up, to make them bigger. What an amazing goal. What an amazing endeavour for you and I as dads to take on. And as dads and men in general, don't we love endeavouring towards a goal? We love completing a project, making a vision, a reality, solving a problem in, in all areas of life, whether it's at the, at the gym, at work, and when it comes to jobs around the house, we love cracking in. And what makes... Those household jobs, those household projects, even more amazing and special is that we're so generally being cheered on by the originator of that vision, that goal, our amazing wives. Can I get an amen? It begins so subtly and so innocently, doesn't it? Oh, wouldn't it be good if that picture was on that wall instead of the the one it's on? Oh, you know what? I'd love that couch in the other room. Don't you think the walls, don't you think they could do with a, just, a fresh, just a fresh coat of paint? We should totally get rid of our garden and create another one. You know what? I've always wanted another story on our house. <laughs> this one's my favourite. Hey, this Saturday, we've got a few spare hours without the kids alone and, and, the, and Dad's are like, yes... Want to stroll through Ikea? (laughs) I heard there's Christmas carols playing at Ikea. Is that right? That is madness. That is absolute madness. And that's just from our wives. And then you add daughters into the mix. And it's just like, oh my goodness. This is overwhelming. It's on like Donkey Kong. This is crazy. But as men, as dads, we do love to be useful, don't we? We want to help. There's a heart to be helpful, to create, to complete practical projects. Even if we're useless with tools, we give things a crack. And today, I want to take us into a deep, very deep, theologically rich, spiritually thick analogy in order to encourage us as dads in our pursuit of building up our kids, bringing them up in the instruction of the Lord. Wait for it. Building up our kids is like putting together a bed or a piece of furniture. Whoa. Just, just let that revelation. Whew, there it is. Just let it drop. Take the plunge right now with me into this analogy that is amazing. It Actually, I do feel like it's from God, so I'm not going to mock him for that. But it's well documented that I'm not a handyman. Very well documented. Thanks, God. Uh, I never ever thought that I'd use this type of analogy in a message. I would much rather have used a footy analogy or a burger analogy or a Star Wars analogy. um, But this is what we're working with today. And so to fulfill both those parenting goals and practical goals, we need a few things in place. There are steps that we need to... Take. Now, with the, the building of a bed or a piece of furniture, we need the, the raw materials, don't we? And so we, we put the raw materials there before us, and that is our goal. That's our project. Next, we need a force. We need a power source that can bring all these materials together, whether it's manpower, electrical power, battery power. And we could use the trusty old screwdriver or Allen key as the enforcer of this power. Or we can go with the quintessential dad device, the drill, im, the drill or impact driver. Anyone got one of these? They're pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. Now a drill has to have a power source. This will not work. I'm trying. It's not working without a power source. Now I, I bought this drill a few years ago, and man, I felt I felt so manly that day went to Bunnings, went into the tool section. You know, I used to be just that guy who would just longingly walk past that tool section. One day, one day. But I strolled into that tool section, the alarms went off, and I just quickly, quickly ran in there. Anyway, I bought this, and I'm going home, and I'm like, man, that was pretty cheap. Like, for a drill. It's a pretty good drill. Oh, man, that's so cheap. It must have been on special. And wow, that case is really light. And I... I, I got it home and I took it out and it was just the skin. No one told me that you had to buy the battery separately. Come on, where, where are these role models in my life telling me this? So I had to... Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Captain Hindsight. <laughs> so I went back to Bunnings and I bought the battery the battery costs more than the drill. That's ridiculous. So I got this battery and so this battery is the power source for the impact driver. This is necessary for this to work. And for dads, you and I, are in our pursuit of bringing up our kids, encouraging them, enlarging them. In fact, for everybody here, in their pursuit of living life to the full. We need a source, and that power source is God. God is our ultimate source. He's our source of fulfilment. He satisfies more than the richest of fees. He satisfies more than anything the world can offer, than any human relationship. He is our source. Only He can give us what our hearts truly desire. Only He can give us the grace that we need, the strength that we need, and the peace that we need. Only God can take on the weight of the pressure of that. Only He can take on that expectation. Only He has what we need when we need it, not just to survive, but to thrive. And in order to bring our kids up, to build them up, to enlarge them, we are to access the very power of heaven, through a relationship with God. He knows what our kids need when they need it. He knows how you and I can best help our kids, what words to bring them in the right season at the right time. And so we have our power source, and next we need our device. And we've already talked about the device here that we're talking about that can connect to the power source. In this case, it's the impact Driver, And just notice that when the impact driver, the device, is next to the power source, it still doesn't work. When the impact driver (laughs) is, this is profound. I told you this was profound. I told you this analogy was deep. This is going to be months and months and months of revelation flowing. When it's next to the power source... It doesn't work. And dad's in our goal to empower and bring up our kids. As we connect to the power source, we connect to him through devices. And these devices are found through the narrative of the church, through the Bible, through the history of the church and also in the second circle of the purpose circles. I'm going there again. The devices you and I use, the holy habits, the patterns, a prayer, Bible and discipleship community. God connects with us. He empowers us. He speaks to and through us as we establish and use these devices, as we get them in our hands and we step into them. And as we are focused on the goal of bringing our kids up in the training and the instruction of the Lord, it is vital that you and I as dads, that we're actually aware of the instruction of the Lord, that we're familiar with it. But more than that, that we're living it. That we're living it. Psalm 112 says, the generation of the upright will be blessed. It matters, dads. Not that we just know the Bible, but we live it. And we want to be men who do that, whose words and deeds reflect who God is and bring Him glory. And so we do this as we connect with God in prayer. I didn't practice that. That was smooth. But guess what? I can't take the battery off now. Uh, 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 As we engage with God in prayer, as we engage in the Bible in discipleship community, moment by moment, prayer after prayer, scripture upon scripture, corporate worship moment, upon surrendered altar moment, upon intentional discipleship moment with others. Together, we we add these things to bring transformation in our minds and in our hearts. And it's vital that we don't do this as a once-off, as a one-off week, but it's like what Duncan's talking about. We build these as rhythms in our lives. We get familiar with these devices. We know how to use these devices in order to get to our God, because God is our pursuit. Not prayer, God is our pursuit. Not the Bible, God is our pursuit. We want Him, we need Him. Our kids are dependent upon us connecting with the power source. It's vital in these rhythms that we allow God authentic access all areas to our lives. We don't want to be men who give Him lip service, We want to be men who humble ourselves before Him, who are surrendered before Him. Because if we just give Him lip service, if we don't allow Him all areas of our lives, we'll end up like the the drill skin sitting next to its power source without any drive, without any impact. In How to Hear God, Pete Gregg quotes Abbot Poeman to illustrate this so powerfully when it comes to engaging with God through the Bible. The nature of water is soft, that of stone is hard. But if a bottle is hung above the stone, allowing the water to fall drop by drop, it wears away the stone. So it is with the Word of God. It is soft and our heart is hard, but the one who hears the Word of God often opens his heart to the fear of God. Pete also writes that by training to hear God's voice where it's easiest in the Bible, we gradually learn to hear His voice everywhere else as well. When we root ourselves in Scripture, the whole of creation becomes God's mouthpiece. As we use these devices to connect to our source, connect to God in an intimate, meaningful way, fruitfulness will follow, blessing will follow for us and for our kids. Now, when it comes to building furniture, especially when it's from Ikea, An absolute guarantee is that we're going to face a challenge or two. Usually that relates to putting something on the wrong way or at the wrong time, in the wrong order. And usually it's because we haven't read the instructions, right, Dad? Or maybe we've read the instructions, but we've interpreted them a certain way. Not the way these our beautiful Swedish brothers have, have thought about them. In other words, our pride our desire to be the man, to be in control, can become our biggest challenge. And it's exactly the same for us as dads. In building up our kids, control can be a challenge. Because we can have unrealistic expectations for our kids based on how we grew up, or how we were parented. We may have disappointments from our upbringing. We may have comparisons been thrust upon us that, that we then have stepped into that inform how we parent our kids? Or in the busyness of our lives, because we're, we're trying to make ends meet, we're trying to provide for our families, we can then use controlling words and actions towards our kids. Well, they need to learn their lesson quicker. Well, they, they need to grow up. They can't disrupt our comfort, our goals our lives. But dads, our need for control can suffocate our kids' unique identity, can suffocate their dreams, their gifts. It can make them retreat. It can make them smaller. In those moments, can we acknowledge that? It's never too early or late to do this. Whether you've been a dad for five minutes or a dad for 50 years let's confess this confess it to our spouses our wives and confess it to people in this church community let's allow them to encourage us in this let's surrender afresh control to God our lives are His they're not ours our kids are not ours they're His we are stewards of His kids let's allow His grace to come and ask him to give us a fresh vision for the immense responsibility and privilege that you and I have to shape and form disciples in our own homes. Rach, can you come up and play? Thank you. So we've got our goal. We're going to build this furniture. We have our power source, the battery. We have our device, the drill. We've acknowledged and dealt with challenges. Now for the point of contact. Now the smallest yet most important part of Building furniture is having the right drill bit. Whether it's a a Phillips or flathead, Allen key socket bit. Eh? I know four. (laughs) And I have to ask Duncan for one of them. (laughs) We need the right bit for the right part of the build. The right point of contact, dads, Matters. And in our building up of our kids, in the building up of the next generation, dads, mums, grandparents, uncles, aunties, spiritual mentors, role models, the point of contact matters. Your voice matters. Our voice matters. The most powerful bit in a moment for the age of our kids and the season they are in may be a statement. A default statement that, that, that's timeless and impactful. A statement like, I love you. When they're doing well and when they're at their worst. It is the most undervalued yet powerful statement that we can ever say to our kids. I love you. Uh, I shouldn't have looked at Beth. <laughs> Beth, I love you. Harrison, I love you. Another statement. Lucy, I love you. You're out in life, kids. Little Third kid. <laughs> <Forgot>. <laughs> Don't forget how many kids you have. That's another really important point. Another important statement is I'm sorry. I made a commitment to myself early on in my parenting that I was always going to say sorry to my kids when I messed up because I knew the pride in me needed to be repelled and I needed to model taking responsibility for my actions. And so I say it often. (laughs) I say it way too much (laughs) because I mess up a lot. I'm sorry, I'm proud of you, is another incredible statement. My dad recently said this to me. And as a 44-year-old man, when you hear your dad say, I'm proud of you, it still does something for you. My dad's proud of me. proud of you, son, daughter, when you succeed and when you reach incredible heights. Yes, I'm proud of you. But I'm also proud of you when you give things a red hot crack. I'm also proud of you when amidst the busyness of your life, you stop to consider someone who's doing it tough. I'm proud of you. The right point of contact may also be gratitude. Gratitude voicing our thankfulness for and to our kids. And Duncan's touched on this earlier. Things like, oh, I'm, I'm so thankful to God that you're my kids. I'm grateful that you go to bed without complaining most nights. Thank you for listening and responding when we chatted about your behaviour last week, which was less than ideal. But you responded, thank you. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher off your own back and when we asked you to do it. Thank you for following through. I appreciate how you've been flexible in this busy season. Something for Kaz and I, we do a lot with our kids as pastors' kids and the things they're pulled out to and the nights they have to be out for and the commitments, you know, they didn't choose this life. And so often we just, we show our appreciation that they don't complain much. They're, they're very happy to be in church most of the time. Maybe for older kids, parents with older kids, thank you for sending that text or making that time to... Call me and meet up with me this week. It means a lot. And lastly, the point of contact may also be questions. The right question at the right time can open up an incredible connection with our kids. Wonderful discussion that can lead to beautiful intimacy. The question I ask my kids is how can I be a better dad? Or help me to understand your decision there. Because that sounds crazy. (laughs) What type of person do you want to be? Let me help you. What can I do to help you be the person that you want to be? And then a wonderful question that we can ask ourselves as dads. What is God? Speaking to me through my kids. What does he want to say? What is he trying to teach me through my kids? Dads, your voice matters. It can be used in powerful, powerful ways as we bring up our kids, as we build them up and enlarge them. Last thing. Pastor and author of the Intentional Father book, John Tyson. He sends out a, a weekly email to, to men. And I know a few of the guys here in church have subscribed to him. And so get this weekly email as well. And I, I want to read one that I received earlier in the year. And I thought it was going to work in one message, a particular message in the Built Up series. But the incredible wisdom of Pastor Jay said, hey, just hold on, hold off. This might work really well in Father's Day and it's going, to be, it's going to work really well. It's addressed to men, but it's applicable to all of us. What a man does with his power determines, determines his influence, but how he treats people determines his legacy. So many men today seek to impress people with their accomplishments, skill, strength or achievements, but so few men seek to make others feel big. In fact, many others feel small out of their own insecurity or inadequacies. Francis Schaeffer reminds us that with God, there are no little people. In fact, how a man treats the least of these is the test of his faith. What was so astounding about Jesus was the way he made people feel. He was the holiest man who ever lived, yet sinners were drawn to him. He made outcasts feel welcome, lepers whole, and sinful women significant. He created an atmosphere where people thought they could become great, and he empowered net-dropping fishermen to found the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus had an uncanny ability to make others feel big in his presence. In our world today, where men ache for significance or shrink back in shame, why not focus on how you make others feel? Why not make it one of your goals to make others feel big? Try, try listening more than you talk, turning attention to others, forgoing recognition and giving others the last word. Society is sick of big men, but it aches for men who will use their strength for others. It longs for secure men who can give attention away and make others feel large. Why don't you take a moment today, ask the people around you how you, how you make them feel. Ask your wife how you make her feel around you. Ask your kids how they feel around you. Ask your co-workers how they feel around you. Ask your brothers how they feel around you. Let's pray. God, we come today to you, Lord, knowing our lack, but knowing your fullness. We come to you with thankful hearts today. Thank you that by your presence your actions and your voice spoken to us. You make us significant. You make us large. You make us of great value. And we thank you for building us up, great God. And I pray that you would help us to do the same in every relationship. Help us to make others feel large. Help us as dads to bring our kids up to build and enlarge them Large them with our lives, our actions and our words. And today, would you encourage and strengthen every dad. Give them hope. Pour out grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.